Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one best-selling, award-winning, international bestseller, actually, I get to say, woohoo! Uh, sensitivity is your superpower, how to harness your gifts, fulfill your purpose, and create a life of joy. And uh, it's been a very, very joyful week, I have to say. I'm super excited to introduce my guest today, who we sort of kept secret <laughs> in a way. Uh, because of uh, some of the seemingly controversial nature of some of the things that he posts. Um, shouldn't be controversial at all to me, uh, you know, because it's just like people truth-seeking and asking and, and you know, contributing their wisdom. And so this very, very special guest uh, is uh, the author of a number of books. We'll be talking about those in a little bit Um and you can actually find him at the academyofdk.com, which stands for the Academy of Divine Knowledge.com. And so he is a um, truth seeker, spiritual, uh, um, you know, leader, if you will. And uh, his name I will reveal now is Jason Shurka. And you can find him also at jasonshurka.com, J A S O N S H U R K A. Dot com. Okay, it's fantastic. Um, I'm just going to share with you uh, a little bit more of um, what we're going to talk about today. Okay, you know, I really appreciate some of the, I'm, I'm going to call out men, <laughs> okay, in the spiritual space, and, and I know quite a few, okay, uh, but you know, most of the people that I come across are like 95% women who are in the spiritual space, sensitive souls, you know, learning to navigate their lives as sensitive souls. And so when I meet a guy who is doing this well, you know, um, I get even extra excited about it. And um, Jason Shurka uh, is an author, entrepreneur, truth seeker. He's made a big splash in the spiritual leadership arena with his compassion and cutting-edge videos with non-mainstream spiritual and wellness leaders who I will not name, uh, who he has interviewed. Um, he's the publisher of Pyramid Code and uh, multiple other books. We're going to be talking about his new book today, which is super exciting. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking about how, you know, this past uh, year or two, how that's radically changed his life, and how he's come to be kind of a celebrity, you know, uh, in the spiritual space and in the space of, hey, truth-seeking, truth-finding, if you will. Um, he's had uh, a lot of things happen to him and his business related to censorship uh, and, um, and being non-mainstream. And, you know, what I really appreciate about Jason, who I'll introduce in a moment, is that, um, you know, here's somebody who is really sharing his truth and really opening people's eyes to the truth, but at the same time being in a space of love, being in a space of compassion. So it's not about a bunch of fear porn because sometimes people that are truth-telling can kind of fall into that place where, you know, they, they kind of make people, not not purposefully, but make people scared. <laughs> and, and this is what I really appreciate about Jason's work because it's really based unity, compassion, and love. So I'm, I'm super excited to, you know, sh to share his Academy of Divine Knowledge today as well as his latest book. Um, and like I said, you can check him out at jasonsurka.com, J-A-S-O-N-S-H-U-R-K-A.com, and uh, academyofdk.com. So without further ado, hey, Jason. Hello, can you hear me? 
Yeah, yeah, we can hear you great. We can hear you great. It's so funny because awesome. <laughs> I was trying to email people about the show today, and I'm like, hmm, should I put his last name or not? <laughs> his email. And I was like, I'm just going to put your last initial. How about that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, so Jason, uh, thank you so much for, you know, spending your time here with us. Uh, we have a lot of you know, um, highly conscious, sensitive souls here are very anxious to hear, you know, what your life has been like over the last, you know, year or two uh, with all the stuff going on and how you can stay in this place of love um, despite all the sometimes not so kind things that are happening to us in this space. So why don't we, since some people don't actually know, and a lot of people do, but some people may not know your work, maybe you could share a little bit about who you are and how you got to be here, because most of us are not born with a label on our forehead that says, hi, you're going to be a spiritual leader. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't don't know if I would call myself a spiritual leader, Um, just more so somebody that's curious and the fundamental nature of how things work and really with my entire heart I, I like understanding at least the foundation not everything because I in no way think I know everything as a matter of fact I always do my best to emphasize that I know absolutely nothing and the more we learn the more we understand how little we actually know right. so just with with everything that I do just to give a little brief um, I come from a very, I would call like a normal background um, in the real estate world, business world. That's what I knew sort of growing up. That's what I did for quite some time. And there came a point where, of course, with all my curiosity, I, I started reading certain things and researching and, and just learning to learn. And, you know, few things kind of happened quicker than I thought they would. There were a lot of surprises that kind of came into my life. And um, back in September, I was instructed to release a document called the Pyramid Code. And back in September of 2020, so just about a year ago. And ever since then, the release of that document, which I did not write, I was just given. And I published it on behalf of an anonymous individual that document reached millions around the world and it really started my journey in the public eye. So I've been, I've been on my journey for, for, I think probably directly, knowingly and consciously, not so long, maybe about five years, six years. And about a year ago is when everything kind of uh, catapulted me into the public eye. That is why we're sitting here today. Wow. Wow. That is so interesting. Exciting. Now, I notice that a lot of people, and by the way, I am calling you a spiritual leader, but the, the coolest thing is that um, I find that my favorite spiritual leaders are those that are very humble. <laughs> so you kind of fit into that, uh, that say, well, I, I don't know everything, you know, and I, I'm still looking and curious and discovering and, you know, sharing, and, and, and that's what I what I love about you. Um, and, uh, you know, you you have a number of books. Uh, that are out, and I'm just curious as to, like, between the Pyramid Code and Raise the Knowledge you just released, what, what is it that you're sharing with the world? In Raise of Knowledge through the or book. in general? Yeah, in through the three books that you've, through, uh, through all the three books that you've published. 
Got you. So my, my first book is called, and by the way, the Pyramid Code is not a part of those three books. So there's, there's, I didn't write the Pyramid Code. I was just given that document. It's only about 44 pages in English, 31 pages in Hebrew. And I say in Hebrew because that's the original language it was written in. So um, my first book I published in 2020, in April of 2020. Oh, wow. It's last year. And uh, that book really talks about, I break the book up into two portions, foundations and illusions. The foundations are what I believe to be the, the foundational laws of the universe and how certain things work energetically speaking, just based on my understanding up until this point, of course. And the illusions, for example, separation, time, and death, are what we understand are illusions once we understand the foundation. So that's what my first book is all about, and that book is called Forming the Formless. My second book is called The Language of Energy, and it's actually an, an expanded version of chapter three in book number one. So chapter three in Forming the Formless is called The Language of Energy. Therefore, my second book is called The Language of Energy. And it talks about this language that I've come to understand through different things that I've done, uh, anywhere from fasting for a month to not speaking for a week to eating certain ways or doing certain uh, therapies of, of many different, um, a, a wide variety of different things that I've done in a very short period of time that kind of allowed me to understand this language that is happening through what I would call an energetic exchange between everything and every being, whether we consider that thing alive or not. There is an exchange of energy behind and between absolutely everything. So that's my second book. And the third book that just came out a few days ago is called Rays of Knowledge, rays being like sun rays, so rays of knowledge. And it's all about certain things that I've had, uh, I would call really the privilege of learning and experiencing over the past three years that I was ordered not to speak about. So many things had to be kept internal with certain individuals that I've been introduced to and an organization that I'm in sort of one way, shape, or form affiliated with, but not formally a part of. And after a journey of having to be silent about many things, I was given permission to be able to document and release certain information and, in many cases, knowledge to the world. So my third book is a consolidation of all of that in one organized manner. And that's what just came out a few days ago. Wow, that's great. Well, I'm looking forward to receiving mine in the mail. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Uh, yeah, so that that's great, and I, I see that it's a you know number one bestseller already. Uh, very cool, very cool. Now you have gone through some pretty interesting things, like with yourself and your business, you know, through the last uh, pandemic, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. So can you share with us like what that's been like? Like like for example, like when it quote unquote happened, like what was your first reaction? It's a good question. From the beginning, I didn't buy anything that was said, not at all. I, I, from day one, the whole, just everything that was being perpetrated, I, I've done my own personal research into many other events that mirror this one in our past, one being things ah. like 9-11, 
and many other things. So I saw this as history repeating itself. Um, to be honest, I was quite surprised about how unaware the majority of people are, because this really showed us how unaware most people are. And I just see this as a great opportunity to be able to, I mean, show people where we've been at all along. Because I don't think this brainwashed us. I think this just showed us collectively how brainwashed we already are. And now is our chance to be able to step up. Ah, okay, yeah. So you were kind of in that space of, uh-oh, here, well, not uh-oh, but, oh, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, things are revealing. And, and from other people that I've interviewed as well, um, other teachers, you know, they're talking about this transparency, like Penny Pierce, you know, talking about this revealing of, of the truth, of, if you will, the darkness. Um, yeah. I always like to say we love the darkness into the light um, because I said, in some traditions they kind of try to cage them, punish them, bind them, and I, I'm not really into that. Um, so for me, it, it was like more of a revealing and understanding, and that's where the compassion piece comes in as well. Correct. Correct. It's a feel similar. Yes, I completely agree. So once you once this happened, quote unquote, it was announced, whatever. Uh, then, ha- what was the pathway that eventually led you to have these amazing interviews that I've that I've seen on your site with Dr. Pilevsky and Dr. Northrup and David Icke and Alex Zak and yeah. Judy Mikovits? Like, wh- how did that all come about? Um, that's a great question. I don't even know myself, you know, it's just things happen so well, because it happens so fast, you know, I can't even, I still sometimes can't comprehend the speed of how quick it happened, but, you know, I think it was just a, a combination of being aligned with a certain truth and really having the ambition to, to run with everything that can possibly happen right now, because we're at war, you know, there's a problem right now, and we have to bring that to people's attention. So I wouldn't even say that it was what I did. It was what all of us did because before this, it's not like Jason found himself in a circle of awesome individuals. It was more so we all found each other at the same time. You know, Dr. Uh even she wasn't close with everybody she's close with today a year and a half ago. Alex wasn't close with everybody he's close with today a year and a half ago. So it's the same thing for all of us where we all found each other because of the circumstances and the conditions in the world today. Well, I I think that's beautiful just how, you know, they say this, you know, uh, necessity is mother of invention. In this case, it's like in in this case the invention of this community, if you will, the growth of this beautiful community who maybe not – associated with each other before or weren't necessarily aware of each other's skill sets and knowledge. So now we're able to, you know, build on it and, and learning and knowing. Like, for example, just me getting to know you has been such an yeah. honor, you know, and, and, and exciting. It's like, wow, there's some amazing people out there. <laughs> so it's incredible. You know, you really found your tribe through, through adversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm curious whether or not, I mean, I, I had written a question here, uh, Jason. Uh, you know, if you were to name the top three to five most shocking revelations you've learned uh, since the 2020, what would it be? And I'm thinking maybe it's not so shocking. <laughs> but maybe you can kind of pick in your brain, like, you know, things that you were not expecting maybe that came about. Um, just curious, like, what 
what you would say to something like that, that question? Um, that's a great question. I think just off the top of my head, number one is, it, I, again, I didn't know people were this unaware. So being able to see, and that's no judgment. I'm not judging in any way. I'm just right. acknowledging something. So being able to see the mirror of our own consciousness surprised me because I, I knew it wasn't great, but I didn't know it was, it was where it's at now. You know, I, I knew we, we, we had work to do. I just didn't know it was this much. So in many ways, um, again, like I said earlier, it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity and I'm grateful for it, even though it's very difficult for each and every one of us in our own ways. For me, I have to figure out how not to get shut down with everything I do. You know, I have to figure out how to get entire countries to not get blocked on my website because my website is blocked in certain countries. For other people, it's how do we keep our job. For other people, it's how do we keep our children in school. So number one, I would say definitely what shocked me was the clear level of awareness that we're at today and the, the level of improvement that we have ahead of us, which is also exciting. So. I don't say that with just a heavy heart. I say that with also, also excitement. Um, in addition to that, I would say when it comes to extraterrestrial life, a lot of what I speak about has to do with that just because the organization that in many ways I'm sort of sharing information through them or they're sharing information through me, but they're physical. It's not channeled or anything. Um, a lot of the, the, the facts when it comes to extraterrestrial life was quite incredible to me, not just over the past year, I would say over the past three years, because I was always open to the idea that, yeah, we're not the only life here in the universe, there's others, but when you start understanding and knowing more about them and how they look and how they live and all that, it just becomes a, a whole lot more real. And when it becomes a whole lot more real, there are questions that arise in your mind that we didn't even get that far because we, we never even thought about it. So the extraterrestrial angle was shocking to me at some point. Now it's no longer shocking to me. It's just exciting. Uh-huh. Um, nice. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I, to be honest, not so many things are shocking to me anymore because I, I just – it's like, of course, you know, of course that happens. <laughs> right. We'll get back to the extraterrestrial uh, in a bit because I'm sure people have questions about that. And sure. uh, so many of us that really resonate with our ET friends and, um, you know, are, are, you know, have souls that have come to incarnate as human in this lifetime but have experience in multiple other different kinds of lifetimes. Come back to that. But I wanted to ask you about um, censorship. Uh, like what, what's your experience been like since, you know, the whole 2020 thing? What trends have you noticed? Is that something avoidable or not really? What, what's your take on that? First of all, I'll start by saying that censorship is the biggest blessing in the world because it, what, it's what helps people see the truth. Anything that's censored, it's already a clear indication that there's something you should look into. So anytime I'm censored, I say thank you. And I'm censored many times. Because it helps. It helps people see. Forget the fact that it makes me, it harder for me to reach new people and do my job. But it helps others see the truth to be able to reach more people. So in that way, I'm reaching people just indirectly. 
because of that that very censorship that they're doing. But um, listen, it's getting it's getting worse and worse as as literally every day goes by. I've been censored on Instagram. They have not deleted me, but they do censor my account. So. I find clever ways to kind of get around that, whether that's bleeping out certain words, using certain codes where everybody understands what I'm saying, but the algorithm can't pick it up. All the way to I've made certain documentaries and films and movies that have come up, and I put them on my website, and my website was blocked from entire countries from entering, like the country of Colombia. So wow. censorship is real. You know, they, they don't want certain individuals knowing certain things. It's extremely real. It's only getting worse. But with that, as it becomes worse, more people wake up because it causes us to ask the question, why don't they want you to know this? Is it really for the protection of the community or is there something bigger at play? And although it's quite difficult for some individuals to comprehend the fact that there is an elaborate plan here on Earth, it's happening. You know, and censorship makes it that much more apparent and transparent and obvious that it's extremely orchestrated. Now, when people say... You're telling me everybody's in on it? No, that's not what I'm saying. For an elaborate global scale plan to be perpetrated, if everybody was in on it, it would fall. And the example that I always give is the the atomic bomb. The atomic bomb had 130,000 people working on it, but only five people knew what they were actually building. And it's because everybody knew what they needed to know without knowing the bigger picture. So in this elaborate global plan of what's going on in the world, it's, it's a very clever structure that they have. And the structure is very simple. Everybody is on a need-to-know basis. And the yep. people at the top are very few. And that's how it's built. So uh, that's you know pretty much what I got to when I was talking to, to Source. I was still pretty new to this whole thing and uh, me growing up very very innocent uh saw the good in people all the time you know very trusting overly trusting and so it was definitely a difficult awakening for me to realize wait a second you mean there's i mean it took me like oh so many years jason so we're talking about me being a medical doctor you know many 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 years and then i saw you know a documentary um from I think it's CCRH called The Marketing of Madness about psychiatric drugs. And at first I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I watch this, you know, like I think it's just going to be like a whole bunch of drama hoopla about psychiatry and I don't know. I mean, I have people that are my friends, you know, who are in psychiatry. But I thought, you know, something pulled me to to watch it. And I thought, well, they gave it to me for free, so I should watch it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I watched it and I think my jaw hit the floor <laughs> multiple times okay. through the movie and was like, that's real? OMG? I've been hidden, you know, from this reality for so long, and there were little signs along the way that I sort of caught, like, you know, people not getting better, you know, in my practice, even though I was doing everything they told me to do, all the medications I was supposed to do, all the, all the, you know, things I was supposed to measure, their blood pressure and cholesterol, all this kind of stuff, and some people were like, I can't take these drugs, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with you, you know, and I'm like, well, I read this article, maybe you should take these vitamins and CoQ10, right, (laughs) And, and then, and then all of a sudden, they would feel better, and, you know, their cholesterol would go down, and at the time, I thought that was the be all and end all, you know, and I was like, what did you do? And she said, uh, remember you gave me vitamins? I'm like, 
is that all we did? She goes, yep. I'm like, really? <laughs> I didn't give you a drug? Nope. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. I am missing a lot of information here. What is going on? Like, why am I not learning this in any of my medical journals? You yeah. know? And uh, and uh, then, yeah, and then it was like going down the rabbit hole more and more and more and more. And, of course, now you know, you know, now we're you know into light medicine and energy medicine and all that kind of stuff and realizing, wow, there's actually data to support that stuff. You know, quantum physics and like all like epigenetics and all this kind of stuff. So it's super, super exciting. But at the yeah. same time, I'm looking back at my colleagues, and they're like where I was. And that, and that's, you know, kind of challenging. It's intense. Like it's really intense. Yeah, it is. So we have a lot of people, you know, in our tribe who are, you know, truth seekers, truth finders, who are struggling right now, Jason, because – they feel isolated. They feel criticized. They are censored, uh, if they even dare speak out, or ridiculed. And they're being pressured and coerced to do something, and you know what it is, you know, um, that they don't want to do. And some of them are conceding because they cannot stand the pressure, and others are going into this spiral of depression, feeling like that they're not going to survive in society if they don't. So would love to get, you know, you've, you're, you're, you know, counsel on that, advice, thoughts, because uh, you get so many amazing people as well, so you're a wealth of knowledge. Like, what what can they do or feel to feel better? There's something I'm posting later today, and I'm going to read it to you. Mm. It says, remember, the schools need students to operate. The businesses need employees to operate. We have the power because the system relies on us and our compliance in order to operate in the first place. And honestly, that's, that's what this whole thing comes down to, where we feel like we're, we're, we don't have a choice because there are rules being mandated, and we're forgetting that the mandates are only going through and happening because we're allowing them to, because not enough of us are standing up and saying no. Instead, People are trying to find ways to fake cards, to fake proof of what they have because their employer said that they need it. And the truth is, is the more that we do that, the more we're giving away our power. You know, so we can either stand up and say, yeah, no, we're, we're just going to make believe to give in if we even have that privilege to figure out how to do that and, and get past the system that way. Or we stand up and say no, or we just say, okay, we can't do anything about it. But the, the last option is not an option for me because it's not real, because that's not how the system works. The system works because of us. It's not happening to us. It's a creation of us. So that's, that's where I stand, where you have a stance. And I know a lot of people share this. They just are afraid to say it out loud. We have to build that courage up to just say enough is enough. It's over. You know, it's over. And the businesses will have no choice because they need their employees to operate in the first place. The schools will have no choice because they only get funding because they have students. Ah. You know, so that's how this whole thing starts. That's how this whole thing ends. The power is in our hands. We just have to remember that. Right. That's safe. Yeah, definitely sage advice. Thank you. 
um, you know, for people, I'll give you an example. I, I have a friend who, you know, is a wellness uh, person, um, teacher, etc. And I, I was, I have to say, <laughs> a little bit surprised um, that she got the you-know-what. And, um, you know, she mentioned to another friend of mine, she says, well, you know, I'm not a rebel. <laughs> and I thought, okay, so... Do we have to be rebels? I mean, uh, there's some people that do not like the idea of being a rebel. Like, ha- yeah, how I think we just, I think we just have to work? be humans. Say that again, sorry? I said I think we just have to be human beings. It's our God-given right to be able to make a living. It's our God-given right to eat or drink or to walk around society. That's not a privilege, but they're making it one. And that, that's what has to stop play their game, then we're not helping and, in fact, probably making it worse for everybody else. Is that your point of view? Correct. I think we have to stop playing the game, and I think we have to say we we make the rules now. So one of the nurses on Instagram uh, posted up that, you know, a whole bunch of healthcare workers from a particular hospital, which I will not name, uh, quit. On that, which I was like, yeah, you know, I got excited. But then, yeah. you know, the same hospital is advertising uh, new staff start immediately, $150 an hour, which, you know, nurses do not make $150 an hour. Yeah. Anyone that I know don't make that. And I'm like, wait a second, how is this all planned? Like, like sometimes we second guess, like, wait a second. So if they can afford $150 an hour to replace the people who just quit, uh, are we – you know, as some people may question, are we doing the right thing? If they can just replace us, and then who are they replacing us with? Like, you know, mil- like you know, private military. Like, who are they replacing us with? So, is that a risk at all? In your, I mean, we're just theorizing here, obviously, but just curious what your thoughts are on that. I think we have to build a, a new system instead of trying to fix this one. And this one, yeah. because it's built on on falsehoods, will fall because that's its destiny. Falsity, lies, fraud, that can only last for so long. It may last for a long time, but its demise is inevitable because it's its destiny. The only thing that is permanent is truth. Now, is it uncomfortable to walk away from the current system? Absolutely. Is it possible? Absolutely. And that's where we have to, I mean, sooner or later it's going to happen. The question is who's going to be the pioneers to do it? And I'm definitely going to be one of those people. You know, we, we have to build a new system. Stop trying to fix the old one. It's terrible. It's not going to be fixed because it's poison. You can't remove the poison. You can build a new system that's better, and the old system will become obsolete. That's the way I see it, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree as well. Uh, I can imagine it's, uh, you know, for people that have not been on a quote-unquote, you know, spiritual journey, uh, the way that so many of us have been for a while, and mine is still fairly recent, being a medical doctor and all, um, indoctrinated <laughs> medical doctor and all, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's, it, it can be really challenging. I have, for example, Jason, um, a Christian friend who um, is in business in Hollywood, and uh, which is, you know, uh, not exactly the kindest place to be, and yet he feels like he's obligated to do whatever they say, and his thought was, well, if it's mandatory and it comes that I need to feed my family, and so, you know, if God, you know, lets me die because of it, then that's God's will. 
right? And I mean, there's nothing I can say at this point because we're not in the same level of conversation to convince yeah. him otherwise, and that's not my job either. My job is just to love him. Just curious, like, like how do you handle people in your life, whether they be loved ones or friends, that have that kind of attitude? I think you honor their attitude. That's that's the biggest one. You 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 don't have to agree with it. I have a lot of friends that are on the complete opposite side of the spectrum as I am. And that's fine. You know, they believe one thing. I believe another. But that has to go both ways. Now, if you're honoring and saying, I respect your opinion, that's fine. And they're coming and saying, get the hell out of my face because you're a murderer, because you're not doing X, Y, and Z. Then, I mean, you don't necessarily have to answer back. You just don't have to spend time with that person anymore. You know, so the honoring and respecting has to go both ways for it to work. But generally, I find that even if somebody is being really not nice and you honor and respect them back, they will have no choice but to do the same. For the most part, not always. Because you're, you're creating a new transmission in that exchange. Like a new paradigm of being. Yes. But they're yes. now in that circle of being. And, uh, I mean, they can leave. <laughs> yep. They're uncomfortable. Uh, yep. That's cool. That's cool. Um, now, the people that you've met, Jason, I mean, they have different points of view, right? Some, yeah. some, some of it could be contradictory, although they're, you know, all amazing in their own right and in their own skill sets. Um, how do you handle the disparity between, like, what one doctor knows and another? Like, for example, you know, there may be one that's more biological, you know, and, uh-huh. and at, oh, this is irreversible, you know, don't ever get this, you're, you're never, you know, you're never going to be able to, repair or whatever and then another might say well hey look you know if if you're being and in this love love can actually change your dna and can change it back to its natural ideal resonance like so how do you like manage these different personalities and their different skill sets um for people to like you know learn yeah i don't identify with one truth over another i hear all and then I sort of choose, and it's a temporary choosing because that can always change, so I always keep an right. open mind. But in any given moment, I choose what will be most productive for me and my growth and my health at that point in time. Mm, that's great. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Um, I, I, I'm sure you have probably connected with or seen people who are like, hey, this, this, you know, this isn't real and da-da-da, but then maybe they have a symptom and then they start freaking out. <laughs> well, yeah, like yeah. a mini freak out. You know, like, oh, my God, you know, uh, it's not real. And, and they're trying to have their thoughts go, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real, but I have the symptom, this is reality, now what do I do, right? So I'm just curious, like, well, if, if, if this was someone you're coaching, how would you help them through that? I would, and I always do that in general. I define what real means. Is there something that, is making people sick? Absolutely. Some people are getting sick. I got sick. I lost my taste. I lost my smell. I was in bed for a week. It was terrible, and I moved on, and everything's good now. So is there something that's making people sick? Yeah. The question isn't that. The question is, is it what they're telling us? That's where I stand, and that's the common theme behind all the, uh, between all the doctors that I interview. Now, all the difference and the nuances are – in terms of what that other thing is. Everybody agrees that something's going on here. The difference in opinion is what is that thing? And I genuinely don't know what that thing is. I have ideas. I don't know if that's 100% true. 
but it's there's there's so many different nuances of of what that really means but all in all for somebody to say what you're telling me it doesn't exist no i'm not telling you it doesn't exist i'm telling you what they're telling you doesn't exist so i don't know what it is but i can tell you what it isn't and what they're te- what the people in power are telling you what it is is most definitely what it is now what it is is a whole different story that's that's where i'm personally at yeah yeah, I like that. I definitely resonated with that. Thank you. And and for those that's uh, you know tuning in, I, I see some you know folks of uh, new folks have called in. I just want to let you know that if you would like to ask a question to Jason or you know comment live on the show, the number to call in is eight one eight five one four eleven ninety. Hit one so we know your hand is up. So if you're already on the phone, you can just hit one, and that should show up on my panel here. So again, 818-514-1190, and I have also opened up the chat online, so if you're live with us, you can actually type in a question or a comment on the chat as well. Uh, and uh, Jason, if you could just you know, go through, um, you know, we talked a little bit early on, like the URL domain name for your Academy of Divine Knowledge. Um, Absolutely. When did you build this? What, what's in it? Um, how does that help people? Sure, sure. So I built a platform called the Academy of Divine Knowledge, um, otherwise known as academyofdk.com. That's where you can find it. Um, We launched on May 5th of 2021, so just a few months ago, about three months ago now. And pretty much what sparked it was, number one, we needed a platform that's completely censorship-free. We can say what we want, how we want, without the fear of somebody taking us down, deleting us, threatening our income, doing whatever they do nowadays. So I built this platform to sort of be able to to bring all these both very well-known names and not known names in one place to be able to speak what I would call truth. And today we have, I mean, over 100 teachers and educators on the platform, people like uh, Del Bigtree, David Icke, Dr. Judy Mikovich, Robert Kennedy Jr., Dr. Pileski, Dr. Christian Northrup, Alex Zek, The list goes on and on and on, and it keeps going, and it will continue keeping on going because we're in this together. So originally, the the purpose of the platform was to be able to, before the platform was even a thing in my mind, I wanted to be able to find a way to raise funds to be able to fund projects, whether it's filming a movie that the world has to see or... um, I don't know, funding a movement that I believe needs to be funded and that we all believe needs to be funded together. So originally I said maybe we'll do a nonprofit. And I didn't want to do a nonprofit because I wanted to leave the, the, the current system of how things are built. I didn't want one person or a few people to donate on behalf of millions. I wanted millions to be able to invest in themselves because the philosophy that I go by is the collective reality is a reflection of our collective consciousness and we collectively create our collective reality. So if one person's giving a million dollars or $10 million or a hundred million dollars, that's great, but it's one person's energy that's holding everybody else up. So instead of building the, uh, something like that, I built a platform that's now known as the Academy of Divine Knowledge where pretty much a streaming platform with interviews, Q&As, lectures, lessons, workshops, things of that nature that all 
expand our level of awareness and consciousness in many different aspects. It could be remote viewing. It could be the medical field. It could be a certain cures and detoxes for, for specific things that we're seeing today. It's a very, very wide array of different topics that's covered. And I did that and I built it on a, on a form of a monthly contribution. So you can join on a monthly contribution and those contributions now go towards that bigger picture of us being able to fund bigger picture things that cost a lot of money, like big movements or movies or uh, the writing of certain books, things like that, or the, even the publication of certain books. So it's now we're all coming together and doing this. And every so often I host a community board meeting. And if you're a member, you're part of the board of directors. So right now we're approaching 2,000 people. And whoever wants to tune in live can tune in live. You know, if you want to tune in live and give your input and tell me what you want to see next in the academy or you want to see the funds allocated to, that's how we do it. So we give everybody the chance to speak. Generally, probably 100 and something people probably tune in for the community board meeting. Everybody asks questions, gives them their thoughts, what they want to see next, what they want to see happen on the community, how they want to see us allocate our funds, and we go ahead and do that. And we built in that way so the collective is making the choices instead of just one person in power making the choices. So I'm just the guy that executes it, but we make the choices together. And that's the Academy of Divine Knowledge as a whole. Oh, that's beautiful. So again, for folks listening in, it's academyofdk.com. And, uh, you know, if you get some sort of warning pop up <laughs> on your internet yeah. browser, just click through. <laughs> it's okay. It's safe. Uh, I sometimes get that as well. Uh, we do have some questions here before we uh, get to my question about uh, our, our ET friends. So what I'm going to do is for folks that are uh, live on the call here, you can put it in the chat, or you can call in and raise your hand, 818-514-1190, hit 1. And then I'm going to share just your area code, the first three numbers, and then um, you can say your first name and then your question or comment. So the first person, area code 814. Hi, who's this? Hello, 814. Hi. Hi, who's this? Hello. <laughs> this is Dolores from Texas. Hi, Dolores. Hi, Karen. Hey. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to ask. <laughs> well, you have your hand up. So <laughs> do you have a comment? Yes, I, I mean, did. Yeah. I- uh, it was just so much information, um, and, and I was just like, I'm going to put my hand up, but I don't know what I want to ask. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Thank you for being here. Is there anything you need to tell me, sir? Uh, not, not, not that I know of, okay. but I hope you have a beautiful Monday. Thank you. It is turning out to be a beautiful Monday. Um is this something that would be good for elderly to use? Are you talking about the academy? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll make, we, we made it as user-friendly as possible. We're also making an app, so it's going to be on your phone on the go. But, yes, it's extremely user-friendly, very simple. We send emails out every so often when something important is happening. Regardless, okay. we have a weekly newsletter with, with news articles and all that, that uh, just kind of keeps everybody up to date on what's going on. But, yes, it's very, very simple to use. Okay, so like an 80-year-old would be able to 
log in and navigate. Yeah, so, so long as 80-year-old has very basic skills, yes. It's as basic yes. as it can be. Okay. That's yeah. what I needed to know. Thank you. <laughs> That's great, Dolores. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Actually, it made uh, me think of another question, uh, Jason. Thank you, Dolores. Is that this, this collective overwhelm? Okay, being empathic and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> I can definitely tune into it and go, okay, yes. I know what people are feeling. So, you know, there are these other um, really amazing platforms where people are contributing to, or, ask, you know, asked to donate to, contribute to for this information. And it's like, well, there's this person sharing information with all these different people and then this person and this person and this person. So how yep. does one – I mean, and then it's like overwhelm a pilot of information, which is a great problem to have. <laughs> Yeah. So how do, how do people choose or navigate that kind of space, in your opinion? So that's why, well, in general, when it comes to, that's a good question. Let's think. For example, on the Academy, we have about five releases a week. Now, that's a lot of information, but it's on a wide array of different topics. So okay. the reason why we do that and we spread it out that way is so, I would always say when you're learning something, don't try to do so many things at the same time. On the academy, there could be one thing a week that's in, in, in line with what you want to focus on. So in that way, it doesn't become a lot. If you look at every single release that's coming out, you can go crazy because it's so much. But it's like on Netflix. We don't even know how many titles Netflix has. You know, it's so many. There is a new movie coming out, if not many new movies coming out every single day. But what do we watch? We watch the ones that we're in resonance with. So that's how I would say to navigate all the information coming out in modern day today as well in general, where focus on what's interesting to you right now, understand it, and then move on. And the more we understand about many different topics, but we do that slowly, the more we'll understand the bigger picture of what's going on. But we don't have to be an absolute expert in everything. We just have to know a decent amount about a lot instead of being a specialized expert in one little thing because it's almost like if you're looking at a piece of a picture let's say a picture is made of 10,000 different pixels on a computer well expertise is becoming an expert in one pixel on that entire screen and that's great but if you don't know how that one pixel connects to the entire picture and makes up the entire 10,000 pixel picture then the knowledge is almost worthless because we don't know how it connects to everything else, which is why I say instead of being an expert on one pixel specifically, just know a fair amount about all pixels. And just in my experience, I think you get a whole lot further that way because you see the bigger picture instead of being an expert in one small portion of the bigger picture. Yes, that's really resonating with me as well. As, as a former family medicine person, uh, you know, we were generalists, and yeah. that was our job, is to see the bigger picture, whereas all the specialists, I remember when I lived in L.A., I worked for UCLA as an assistant professor, and um, so the people in L.A. were interesting, um, so they were always going to, um, well, let's just say the learned folks with the PhDs and everything, they were always going to specialists for everything. Correct. And But the generalists, you know, they're like, oh, uh, yeah, I don't have a family doctor. I have an OBGYN, I have a dermatologist, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it seemed to me like, wow, nobody is looking at the big picture. Yep. You know, they're 
about their wholeness. Like they didn't. Nobody like, looks no at it anymore. Yes, yes. And uh, so we have this, you know, we get accolades, you know, in our society for being the expert in whatever, the specialist. Um, and somehow a generalist or the bigger picture person is kind of like, eh. <laughs> yes. No, I completely agree with you. And it's, I think it's a, a little bit of an issue because, again, we don't see the bigger picture. Yeah, I'm a big picture person, so so you know I I'm I I think you're similar sometimes. It's like whoa, people don't see this, really? They don't? They don't get it? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> like wow, okay, this is a big picture, right? So I'm always talking about like some things that are good to to like if people are really really interested in it to have that microscopic view, but then there's that outer like macroscopic view where you see how all the players, how it all works, and the systems, and the science, with the exactly. dollar sign in front of the word science. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, then it's like, wow, wow, bigger picture is revealed. Um, huge, let's talk a little bit huge. about, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm saying it's just huge when you see it that way. You you understand so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting. Now, I have to say that when, you know, uh, there's a local um, a group here um, called Together We Stand, and, they, and they, these parents were standing up to the school board, you know, in this nearby town and saying, we are not masking our kids, and we want you to get rid of these mask bandits, you know, for September. This is ridiculous. This is not good for my family. They've already been traumatized, yada, 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 right? And, and basically, it was written up in the paper, and one of my friends shared this paper, and um, basically, you know, this, this, you know, the spokesperson for this, this group was um, basically sharing facts, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. but the writer of the paper was like not, well, refuting the facts, but in a kind of a roundabout way, like she said, you know, children have a 99.98% survival rate, da, 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 right, so instead of saying she's yeah. wrong or that's incorrect, which she is not, mm-hmm. the writer said, well, millions across the world have died, and as young as X, whatever, year old, and, you know, so it was like this distraction from, wait a second, you didn't refute that she was, like, she was actually correct, but you're making people through your writing think that she's not. Correct. Um, and I was like, okay, now it's time for me to intervene, right? So I, I don't know. I said, I, re- I, f- I found her on Facebook. I reached out. I said, look, I said, uh, you don't know who I am. I'm a retired you know, physician in, in the community, and uh, I am with you. What, what do you need me to do? Um, and so I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to write a letter to the editor. Now, the editor has not chosen to print uh, what I wrote, but, of course, it was annotated with all these studies. And, um, and I said, look, I, I totally resonate with these parents. You know, I agree with them. Um, yep. And, yeah, they were very, you know, grateful for that. But I thought it was fascinating how, wow, even in our small community, like people are trying to get together, and yet there are these forces there that um, are, you know, like blocking or, you know, but, but it was just so amazing um, to, to, to know that there are people, even in my small town, who are, quote, unquote, wake or awakening. So the specialist yep. part, is like, you know, I was going to write other things, and I was tuning into source, and source like, nope, don't write about that. Even though it's true, don't write about that, right? So I stuck to the medical profession because that's my expertise as an MD. So I realized that yes. I shouldn't get into overwhelm myself too 
by trying to share things, even if they were true, inside my wheelhouse and outside my expertise, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's another thing where, where I think we also have to honor ourselves and not overstretch ourselves. So there's like a fine line and a balance between it all, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, I, I mean, I'm very comfortable and confident speaking about, the, you know, the human body, how things work, light medicine, that kind of thing. Then when it comes to some political stuff, I, I'm not a political expert, you know. I'm not that yeah. interested in it. I kind of got delved into it because of whatever happened, but not that interested in that or pro this or, you know, whatever. Um, so I don't really talk about that too much. And so I kind of stick with, you know, the health and wellness of the individual, the group, the community. Yes. Um, yeah, and that keeps me out of overwhelm. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love I it. I, I cast pretty wide net myself on just like the different topics and all that. But, you know, sometimes I'm like, okay, just take a break, narrow it down for a second, focus, and then continue. Right. And I, and I love how you're like this bridge between all these different um, you know, uh, people and knowledge and, and um, information and also have that you know, that spiritual side and, and that piece because sometimes when we're just looking at just the, I was saying this in my uh, YouTube video the other day, was these facts. Like people are like, here's my facts. No, no, well, here's my facts. And here's my facts, right? And they're arguing yeah. the facts. It's like, wow, we're just using our left brain here to argue with each other. This is not working. Like, <laughs> what about our right brains? What about a whole brain approach to problem solving and, and, and that kind of thing? And people are just completely ignoring, like, the gut. Like, you know, your gut feeling, yeah. your heart feeling. And, and that's why I like the work that you do because you're bringing it back to humanity or unity or consciousness and love and just kind of connecting the dots and, and, and have this, you know, beautiful container that people can feel comfortable and less freaked out. Yes, just, which I, I do my best to do. I'm not always perfect at that, but I do my best to always keep it as, like, we got this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And even, I mean, even if you're sharing, I, sometimes I, you know, I don't watch the news, so I just get my news from you and J.P. Sears. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when, when, you know, you're talking about it, I, I just love the way you're talking about it. It's sort of like, okay, well, this is what's going on, you know, I'm not thrilled with the, what's going on. And like you said, we got this. This is how we, got we it. Good. solve this. And, and it's not like freaking out, you know, like people going into fear mode and then not knowing what to do. 100%. So, why I really, yeah, I really, really like, you know, the things that you're sharing. Uh, I did want to ask you before we go today a little bit more, if you're able to share, about our ET friends. Like, um, you know, how or what uh, these connections with our um, benevolent, you know, extraterrestrial friends are, like what's happening, you know, um, that may not be in plain sight, if you will. Think of it like a student exchange program. Where, where there's literally a student exchange program only between humans and extraterrestrials as well. And I'm not speaking about non-physical light beings. I'm speaking about absolutely third-dimensional physical individuals who just happen to not look like us. But they have incredible levels of awareness that they've accessed, incredible technology. And in many ways, they're here to help. They're here to assimilate. They're here to eventually have a state of intergalactic unity, which we will reach, but it has to be done in a very calculated way to not scare anybody, to not cause any chaos, to, to do it in a way where the individuals in power who are trying to suppress certain technology 
will dissolve in a way to mitigate as much damage along the way. So they're most definitely here. They work with us on a very physical level. I know individuals who work with them on a first-hand basis. Uh, some of them, and again, just like the whole exchange program, many of them are taught how to be human beings, how to eat like us, how to speak, speak like us and all that. And human beings are taught alternatively on their planets. So we do have incredible technology, physical technology that can take us to, to very, very far places, things that science is at least, uh, um, what's it called? Public science is not aware of, right? And there's, there's incredible things that are being done every single day over here. I do believe that we'll get to the point where these interactions are something that's going to be more of a, a normal thing on a day-to-day basis. But we first have to meet certain prerequisites before we, meet, before we reach that level of uh, disclosure, in my opinion. Ah, gotcha. Well, that, that comes, uh, you know, the next question, last question that I have is, you know, some people feel that um, a lot more, quote unquote, truth is going to be globally revealed. And yes. yet, uh, there's a seemingly delay, I don't want to use that word, but you know what I mean, like, uh, there's a timeline that people are really hoping <laughs> is mm-hmm. going to happen. And it keeps getting either delayed or they're hoping it would have happened by now. And, and there are some folks that are like, I don't know if I can wait any longer, you know, uh, I mean, patience is a virtue, but this is ridiculous. Like, you know, so just curious as to what your feedback is on that and how, how people can kind of stay the course and stay in that place of hope, because some people are not as, you know, into that uh, space. And so they're just feeling really dejected and hopeless. I think the, the fact of, Wanting it right now and impatience is the very indication that we're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. And when we're ready for it is when we let go of the attachment for us needing it right now because we just need to have everything now. And a lot of people, they're like, well, if the information's there and the knowledge is there, why isn't it being released? And um, the analogy I would give is, well, your eight-year-old son or daughter can technically drive a car. Would you give them the car to drive? No because they're not at the level of understanding they haven't learned how to drive the car so they can do damage. They can technically press the gas and steer the wheel if they're tall enough, obviously, but is that the right thing to do right now because they can open the door and drive? No, it's not. And that's how disclosure works as well. Or just because certain things are here and can be revealed right now doesn't mean right now is the time for it to be revealed. And the time is not up to anybody but ourselves and the way we exercise our freedom of choice to do the work in order to be in resonance with these higher vibrational realities and be in, uh, uh, just be able to receive this level of awareness, consciousness, and what I would call spiritual abundance. But it only comes with the work being done. It doesn't just come because we want it. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And then some thoughts also as well as that, um, and, and this may or may not be true from, you know, the people that you talk with and your perspective, uh, is that some feel that it would be too traumatic, if you will, to the human psyche, certain truths. I agree. So there's maybe a timing of how we can release or truths can be released slowly or gently so that people kind of get, not desensitized, but <laughs> kind of get used to the idea that, wow, okay, we're that controlled? Wow, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So, and like, like that shock that I went through about medicine and psychiatry. 
Yes, I completely agree. It has to be done slowly, in my opinion. And I'm a, I'm a very big advocate for disclosure in a, in a timely manner and in a proper way. Mm, yeah, and, and I see, yeah, sometimes I'll just feel like, oh, that's interesting. Like these certain things that, you know, one could say, oh, this is a distraction from the truth. You know, this, whether it be Britney Spears or the Native American children in Canada, all these unmarked graves and, you know, finding out the, yeah. the priests. There's, you know, the, the nuns were sexually abusive. But right. the thing is, I'm like, well, you know, if that's being released in its mainstream, it's possible that these are things that are going to de- not desensitize, but at least get people used to the idea, like, this happened. Yes. And this has been happening, and we didn't know that before. So maybe people can so yeah. <laughs> to the possibility that there are more, quote, unquote, horrific things that have happened in our past and are continuing to happen. Agreed. So, yeah, yeah, neat. Um, so thank you so much, Jason, for being on the show. Um, it's been an honor. Um, I just want to let everyone know again the uh, where you can find Jason, academyofdk.com, and also jasonshirka.com, and uh, grab a copy of his newest book, uh, Rays of Knowledge. And, and that, um, that book is, by the way, free for all members on the Academy. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. That's super, super cool. Um, any yeah. last words you wanted to share, Jason, before we say goodbye to everyone? Um, that, any last words? I would bring it back down to the philosophy of everything we're seeing in the world today is not happening to us. It's a creation of us. And if you want to see that change in the world, just like that saying goes, it sounds cliche, but it's very true. Be that change in the world and you will cause a ripple effect to help every other person around you. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I totally resonate with that. Awesome. Thank you, Jason. Thanks everyone for listening in until next time. Lots of love. Thank you. My pleasure. Bye, everyone.